Welcome, readers, to a special edition of 20 Questions with your favorite author. It's book launch day. We're here to welcome a brand new baby book. I'm Kelly Lynn Colby, Editorial Director at Curse Dragon Ship Publishing. This week, we're celebrating J.M. Jordan and the release of Daughter of a King in the Daughters of Tehran series. We're also fe featuring A.M. Rose, one of the editors of the manuscript. So get ready to meet Hulda and Flora and watch them fight the darkness for the safety of Tehran, even if it means their permanent death. Yay! Excellent! Welcome! Welcome, Joanna! Welcome, Anne! Oh my gosh, well, congratulations on your book, baby! How are you doing, JM? What was your first thought when you woke up this morning? Um, why is my phone ringing? <laughs> <laughs> and oh yes! Book baby's been born, so that's why my phone's ringing, and it just barely stopped a few minutes ago, because I think everybody knows we're doing this right now, so it's been awesome. That's awesome. That's because everyone's here live to support yeah, you. Yeah, I sure hope so. Right, that's right. So um, let's see. I want to read the back cover real quick so the audience knows what we're talking about and can purchase their copy before we're done here tonight. So let me do that first. Um, in a cosmos as large as Tehran, with all the power they possessed, the prophecies prevailed and the darkness came. The realm of reason is but one of many within the Tehran cosmos, where ancients rule over classes of immortal creators and sylphs. All within the realm carry the same mission, to guide and prepare pre-mortal offspring for a journey to mortal worlds. One pre-mortal needs more preparation than most. Holda might be the daughter of the High King, but that didn't protect her from the darkness who invades her mind, terrorizes her sleep, and vies for control. A fledgling sylph, Flora, volunteers to undergo the dangerous assignment of guiding Holda. The strength of their bond is strained by Holda's attempts to protect her twin brother and Flora's inability to recover from her mortal journey. With the darkness fighting them each step of the way, Holda and Flora can't fail. If they do, the realm will collapse, precipitating the fall of the entire Terran cosmos. You know, those tiny few words took us forever to put together. They did. There was some serious negotiation going on over those words. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, Anne writes a few of these too. Book cover copy is a whole, whole exciting realm. So, awesome. Um, let's see. So, I've read the back cover. So, where, Joanna, did you get the idea for this story? Well, um, this is actually a NaNoWriMo story. So I used to play or watch played a video game called Child of Light, if any of you know it. And I really loved the animation in it. And that, so I was like, ooh, I would love to do a little children's chapter fairy tale book that they could that could be read to them like at night or sit on their bedstand. So I thought that's what I would do for NaNoWriMo one year, which if you don't know what that is, that's writing a 50,000 word novel in 30 days, which is insanity, but it's fun to do that, go a little crazy every November. So I did it and it just kind of matured from there. <laughs> that's awesome. The audience is so excited. So remember, as y'all have questions, put them in and we will ask that. I can tell you, Icy Hot wants to know what was the best part about writing the book and what was the worst part? Uh, best part. So the Terran Cosmos and one of the entities in the novel called the Moonsingers are um, 
creations actually of my autistic son, Kyle. And um, he allowed me to borrow the, the name, the Terran Cosmos, and to borrow his moon singer. So I really love getting to manipulate what he spends hours on creating this world for years just to be able to trickle little threads into it. The worst part of writing it was realizing it was complete trash after Nano and knowing <laughs> that it was going to have to be completely gutted and started all over again. Like, yay! <laughs> that's, that's part of the process, right? Right, yeah. Ian? Do you have any writers that suffer with that? I mean, that sounds legit. Like that sounds right about right on. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's pretty common. We all go through that. It's almost like you have to be able to accept the junk so that you can get to the amazing story underneath it. Let's see. Um, with your main characters, Holda and Flora, what can you tell us about them? Well, Holda is a pre-mortal souling. She is the daughter heir of the realm of reason. Um, she is kind of a misfit because she's been having um, terrorized dreams and essentially seizure-like seizure hauntings um, pretty much since she's a little girl. Um, and so with that being said, she's very reclusive. She kind of stays back from everyone. You know, there's these expectations for her and she just doesn't feel like she meets them. So, um, and that, that kind of leaves the darkness more room to, to press in on her mind a little bit more and to vie for control. Mm -hmm. So um, that's who she is. And the whole deal is we've got to, they've got to sever that link between the darkness and Holda before he consumes her and then starts to take over the realm using her to do that. So that's Holda and Flora is herself, which is um, kind of like a fairy, but have a little bit of different lore behind a sylph. Um, she's winged and she essentially keeps Holda's soul records um, and has the ability to work almost like a conscience later on down the road as, as Holda matures. So it's a, it's a marriage type relationship, especially once they're, they're very familiar with one another. So it's very hard to talk about this and not give spoilers. Like I'm I know my words like, mm. that's the trick. That's the trick, but the journey is the fun part. So yes, let's see. We have, um, crazy Jan agrees that crappy first drafts rule. <laughs> Yep, yep. Jan understands. And Duke of Bedlam wants to know how many versions of the story did you go through? Um, on my count, the final draft that went to you was seven. Wow. By, by the last time you pushed back and I pushed forward was the seventh time I went through it. That's actually yeah. not too bad. That's the first too bad. three were pretty cruddy, though. Like, the first three was like, oh. <laughs> it's because to say that the first draft is you telling yourself the story. Yeah. That's yeah, true. but when I sent I like it, that. when I sent it, the cursed dragon ship, though, it, it should not have been sent. So <laughs> look at Kelly's eyes. She's like, well. Secret, secret. I didn't finish it the first time. I didn't figure you did. Because <laughs> it needed help. It needed a lot of help. Yeah. <laughs> But by the second time, I was like, oh, yeah, I knew there was potential here because now yeah. we're talking. It's a gamble, right? It's always a gamble with a new author. 
Like, Anne, you work with a lot of authors editing their work. So how do you have the same kind of gamble? Like sometimes you take a chance, even if you didn't finish it? Uh, no. Oh, I guess I'm the brave one. (laughs) No, I always, I always like to finish the work before I I make any commitments there. So, (laughs) you know, it helped though. I knew Joanna. Yes. Right. So it helps to know the person. Yeah. You know, I knew she would go through it. I knew she would finish it. And I knew we had the, we both had the same goal, which was to make an amazing story for readers, which I think we pretty much did. It's awesome. I can't wait till you see it. So, yeah, and the link keeps going up. So if you don't have your copy, please get it. Um, let's see. Tess Humphrey says, I remember your face when you clicked send. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I want a picture. I mean, there should be pictures of these things. We should have evidence. No, there should not be. <laughs> then they'll just send those with them. And I, I think that's bad. I don't think that's good. <laughs> pains of birthing a novel right there. No one needs to see that. Yeah. <laughs> they just want to see the beautiful cover, which unfortunately, this stunning cover done by Stephanie Saw, she wasn't able to make it tonight. I wish she was. But the process of doing this cover, um, what was that like? For me, was that question for me, the process of doing this cover? Well, when you sent it to, I mean, I just filled out the form. I, <laughs> I was just like, these are my ideas, but, you know, I'm an author. I'm grandiose, and yet this is not my wheelhouse. So here's the form, and, and just send me something back to work with. And when it came in, I was at school, and I opened my email, and I saw it. And I swooned. I mean, it was an absolute swoon. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I think I ran around the school showing people like, oh, my gosh, can you believe this? Because it was almost spot on. Like what we we recentered the name a little bit and added the bracelet to uh, the golden circlet to hold his wrist. And other than that, I think you were just spot on. And so I was like, cool, we're good. That was easy. You know, moving on. Next, next. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Cover art is important. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's stunning. So since you mentioned the golden bracelet, what's the importance of the golden bracelet? <laughs> Anne's like, yes, cover art's very important. Yes, it is. Um, the golden circlet is the connection, the bond between Holda and Flora or any souling to their self. So every souling has a circlet on their wrist. Whether or not they can see that circlet depends on the site and where they happen to be in their maturity process. So, um, yeah, I'm again trying to avoid the spoilers here. Moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's world building. That's okay. There's no spoilers with that. So that's good. Yeah. So um, the Teron symbol, you talked a little bit about your son and the moon singers. The Teron symbol is special to you. And I have, let's see if I can see it's it on the screen. Blurry. You gotta gonna... unblur yourself. See that blurring background nonsense doesn't work. Got to stop that blur background. Yeah, you don't know how to do it. You would think if you put it in front of your face, well, there's a tear on symbol. You're just going to have to trust me. Um, And so on that symbol, why is it important to you? Well, Kyle drew that symbol. Uh Uh-oh, Zafo's finding it, I think. That's very big, Zafo. Scroll up, scroll up, scroll up. There you go. There's the tear on symbol. That one. Okay, now they can see it. Thanks, dude. This is live, by the way. It's live. 
So that awesome Tehran symbol, who drew that? Why is it important? Kyle drew that. Um, it's one of his signature drawings. He's been asking me to get it tattooed on him for years. And I'm like, yeah, for your birthday next year. I'll take my autistic son to the tattoo parlor. No problem, you know. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, it's going to be fine. So now I think I'm going to have to since we published it. Um, but, um, yeah, so that was his symbol. And that was part of the cover art thing. I sent it to you and said, if we can incorporate this somehow, it would mean a lot to me to put it in there for him. So it's there. And when I showed it to him, he got excited and he said, he looked at me and he said, well, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love it. No, so that was fun. Um, well, and having proofread the novel and as an agent, who do you think will enjoy Daughter of a King? Well, so I think that it has like a wide range of marketing potential for age groups. I think that, I mean, I, I know for sure, like the young adult audience will, will, will like it a lot for a lot of different reasons. I think that there's going to be plenty of adult readers that really like it. I, I, I do actually think that if you have some... Um, adventurous upper middle graders, I think that they could probably sink into this one as well because yep. there's nothing that's like super in, there's like no inappropriateness in there or anything. Uh, I don't even th think there's any foul language or, or anything mm -hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. So. Oh, there is on her shirt, some really bad language. Did you see what her shirt said? Pish Joanna's posh. Shirt says? Yeah. Pish posh. That's the bad language. That's it. <laughs> no. That bad language in my class. Yeah. It is a get <laughs> So I think that, um, so I think some upper middle grade all the way till, you know, forever could really enjoy the story. I think it has a quite a, quite a range. Excellent. As an experienced editor with a ridiculous number of hours under your belt, R ridiculous and does a lot of editing. What did you find challenging or what do you find challenging about fantasy novels? Oh, me. We're talking to me still. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so not important. I'm not even sure why I'm here. <laughs> you helped birth. We'd like to have the people who helped birth the book on. Like I said, Stephanie would be on if we could have got her. Okay, fair. Well, um, I think sometimes it can be challenging to to get all the world like and make sure that the world makes sense and, and just making sure the world building is cohesive and all of that. I didn't have any of that problems with this novel though. Uh, the version that I read, it, it felt very easy to follow, just kind of go along with the flow. Like it, it didn't feel challenging in that, in that sense. So thanks for making my job easier. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, we You're welcome. Very soon. <laughs> One thing I think is funny is that I keep in my head, I pronounced her name Hulda. You know, I have no idea if I'm doing it right. See, I'm not the narrator. How, how do you pronounce it, Joanna? Hulda is okay. how Google says it. So, but Frankie Porter, our narrator, says it the way Anne says it. So I, I, I looked it up. But I mean, I might be Americanizing it, quite honestly. I mean, it's, it's a Hebrew name that's you know, in the Old Testament. So I don't, I don't know. I don't speak Hebrew. So, you know, <laughs> we need, well, we didn't get a Hebrew narrator. I mean, come on. Yes. No. The narrator is, uh, is British. Frankie's awesome. So the whole thing will be in. Oh, so be a British Brit speaking the entire time. So definitely a Behulda. <laughs> That's why you so say it lovely. like that, Anne. <laughs> oh, so lovely. I love it. Love it. It's bloody brilliant. <laughs> 
Uh, I say I have to watch BBC stuff 80% of the time and I still can't do a British accent. So well done, Anne. Nice. It's nice. I cannot do it. Um, let's see. Joanna, I've been reading the reviews from your early readers. And we've got, um, like, from the minute I started reading, I was hooked and feel immersed in Holda's world. The Another reviewer said, the strength and vulnerability of the characters and their passion will captivate you. Um, Jordan effectively portrays a battle against darkness with plot twists that capture the reader's attention and keep you per- turning the pages. As an editor, I feel relief that the readers adore this novel. How do these make you feel? Um, giddy. Excited. Um, grateful, really grateful that so many people were were willing to read it early and be on there early today, leaving reviews. I mean, it's really awesome to have a network of people that lift you up. You know, writing is a lonely and a very vulnerable experience, you know, um, and then you birth it to the world and say, hey, everybody, come tell me if my baby's ugly or not, you know. Yeah, come judge me. Yes. Hey. <laughs> So, yeah, so I'm just really <laughs> grateful and I've loved the reviews and I so much appreciate the support and the people who are backing me up. So it's awesome. That's awesome. I'll tell you some of the, um, the uh, audience wants to know where they can get a shirt like that. <laughs> all excited about merchandise. Okay. Well, I'm going to work on it. I actually got this at a store in Crosby that does vinyl. Um, and my printer just turned on for no reason. Sorry about that. If you hear the bumps and the clicks. Um, so, and I'm, I was actually talking to her. I just, we had these made for school. There's like five of us and we wore them today. And I was, so now I think, and I got you one Kelly. So it's hanging in my closet. So you've got the pish posh too. Um, but yeah, I'm going to look into some merchandising and see what we can do when we start doing live book signings. Cause that's fun. So awesome. I'll say that one reviewer also said that you feel the author's heart and soul reflected in the pages. And I want to know, was this one of your goals for this series? No. <laughs> look at her, look how vulnerable. It's so cute. That's why it's magic, honest. though. Honest. <laughs> no, I mean, this story what became incredibly personal in some ways and and it just i think it just accidentally happened but i'm happy about that so <laughs> that's awesome uh kevin petway wants to know what are you going to say to the first stranger who comes up to you at a convention and shows you their tattoos of that symbol um look at mine <laughs> <laughs> Take a picture together. Look. Yeah. <laughs> so I just have to find the appropriate place for it. You know, probably going to be on this shoulder. So, yeah. Well, if you're going to be showing it off, it's just something to think about, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I could do it like right here, but then I'd have to probably reconsider my day job. You know, I'd like do it right here. So. Yeah. You'd have to wear everything like turtlenecks from now right. on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. I see how it wants to know, did you ever almost give up because of a slump? Yeah, certainly. Um, I love the Lilo and Stitch scene where she's laying on her floor, sprawled out, listening to Elvis. Like I've had some of those moments for real. <laughs> we need I, that teacher. There's been some high, high moments and some low, low, low moments. So yeah, definitely. But 
All right. Let's see. Um, question. So this is a pre-life fantasy exploring existence before experience mortality. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if you had to set up your life before mortality, and this is a question for both of you. I want to see what you're going to say. If you had to set up your life before mortality, what would you like to prepare for? What would have been your choice? And I don't mean careers. Like, I'll go first. Like, I would like to have prepared to follow my dreams instead of being scared all the time. So to be a little bit more braver about following, right? Like, I'm a writer as well, and I didn't start until, you know, I was 40, even though I was writing when I was 16. So if I had to really set something in my pre-life, like really concentrate on, like when I do this, I'm definitely going to make sure to follow it. Then I would make sure that I followed and kept writing from 16. It didn't stop and not start again until I was 40. So, so what about you guys? Would you classify that as like interior character, like strength of character or conviction? Like how would you term that? For me, it would have been because I was scared. Right. Writing is impractical. I needed something practical. Okay. Okay. So for me, it just didn't work. So it was fear. So I'd have to make myself braver. I mean, some things I'm perfectly brave on, right? You know, there's a car accident. I have no issue pulling out and we, you know, take care of everything. If the, you know, a child's hurt, even if it's not mine, I have no issue working. But when it comes to my own dreams and beliefs, I just chicken out. Gotcha. So Hmm. what, what would y'all prepare for? What do you think, Ann? I think I'm following you along those lines, like with self-confidence. It's like the the confidence that you can do these things, you know? I think that um, maybe not listening to all the voices that are out there telling you who you are, what you are, but listening to your own voice about who you are and what you are, I think that would probably be beneficial. I like that. It's a good answer. Thanks. What about you, Joanne? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've thought about this a little bit just in writing this because I have to consider, you know, like where we're going as we progress in these novels. And for me personally, um, I think I would have appreciated, like, I don't want to lose anything I've currently got, right? Like I, I want intelligence and strength and the ability to wordsmith and all that. Um, but I think I would I would really have appreciated growing a line of healing and forward focus on other people. Like it's very easy for me to consider Joanna. <laughs> like, hi, mm-hmm. it's me. <laughs> is, um, you know. Um, so I really think uh, a healing vein I would have liked to have pursued in addition with with what I have now, you know, like I would like to couple that and not lose anything, but gain that natural healers, comforter type perspective, which I have now. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So yeah, it's quite a thing. I was thinking about it. I was, I was writing questions because I thought about it with the book. It's a very interesting concept to have this pre-life preparation time before you actually hit mortality. So I kind of like that. Uh, Let's see. Tess Humphreys wants to know if you have a favorite character. So I'm going to have to say you have to rule out Holda and Flora. So besides those two, because they're mains, that's cheating. Who's your favorite character? 
No, I can't answer. This is like when my students ask me what my favorite part of history is. It's like all of it, you know, for different reasons. Uh, well, just choose one to tell us about that's really fascinating. I love Emmett. I just do. Emmett, I do. Yeah. Emmett is like that soft, safe space, you know, and, and we don't see him a ton in this particular um, novel. Like we see him enough. But, I mean, he definitely is behind the scenes moving and shaking and doing some stuff that will come out later on. And I just really appreciate who he is and um, the safety that he gives to Holda as she's, you know, so insecure, especially in those early chapters. So, yeah, I love it. I'll tell you, Bobby says Francine and Jay Kreiser <laughs> says Benny. Maybe Francine, maybe both. Oh, Jay Chrysler likes Cora too. Okay, Jay, Jay, Jay's read the book and likes a lot of characters. That's awesome. Um, I think that's cool you chose Cora. <laughs> you must read the book to find out who Cora is. Um, let's see. Florida Kevin wants to know, are there any mythologies that were particularly, he just makes, he likes to make me say that word. That word does not like me. Are there any mythologies that were particularly inspiring during the research world building phase or is your world built of whole cloth? <laughs> in other words, did you make it up all on your own or do you have other stuff that influenced it? Oh, absolutely other stuff. So um, I am a historian by trade and I, I am very fortunate that I get to teach world histories, which includes world religions and schools of thoughts and philosophies. And um, really, I probably it's just a complete hodgepodge of different concepts that came together and helped me just to build this cosmos. There was not one particular vein um, by any means. And then life experience as well. So. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. Kevin said he just bought his book, even though he's also going to win them all tonight. Win them. <laughs> Remember, stay on because we're going to give away two signed books. So all of you who only listen to this and don't come live, you're missing out. You're missing out on the good stuff, man. Uh, I see how it wants to know what would your own favorite book be? Oh, that's my, cool. You my, have another favorite book or favorite series? Uh, Actually, I know she does. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What am I going to say, Kelly? What am I going to say? Uh, another Jordan? Yes, another Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I am a huge Robert Jordan fan, Wheel of Time. Um, I like high fantasy anyways, but when I was introduced to Robert Jordan's work, it was a, a, a difficult time in my life, and it allowed me to remove myself from the present and go to a world that was chocked full of just as many problems. But there were really strong women and lightning bolts to strike stuff down and, you know, <laughs> monsters to kill. And I was like, yeah. And now it's going to become a television show. We will see if it's worth anything. Yay. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the TV show. Yeah, so. me too. Only they're recasting Matt already. Already? Already. They're going to recast him for season two. They just announced like two days ago. I was like, what is this? Huh. Makes me wonder what he did behind the scenes we don't know about. Um, totally watching tour.com to find out. Oh, see? Either he did something bad or he got a huge contract somewhere else and he was like, I'm too good for this now. Quite frankly, it could be either. <laughs> we will watch and see. We will watch and see. I'm excited though. Yeah. So we, we will see. I like the music already. That counts. For me, yeah. music is important. Let's see. 
Yeah, the link is up. Yeah, we have a few people buying the books. They're all excited. All right. Um, yeah, Tess says Wheel of Time. Tess already knew also, see? We know, yeah. you talk about it just a bit. Oh, yeah, tatted up everything. Like, you know, love me some Wheel of Time. Yep, and both Duke of Bedlam and Florida Kevin say lightning bolts solve a lot of problems. They do. The world would be a better place if we could wield them. <laughs> I don't know. I would have a hard time discriminating with mine. It might be not such a good place. That's true. I always say sometimes I get really mad at someone for a reason you decide later was not a very good reason. I'm like, this is why I don't have God powers. That is true. That is true. I, yes, that is true. Never mind. Strike that from the record. Strike that from the record. We'll leave. Oh, didn't I mention we're recording this? I don't know if I said that earlier. <laughs> I might have mentioned it. It is stricken. Move along. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great. Um, we've had lots of questions on here. I guess the thing we want to know, um, Joanna, is what do you want readers to get from this work? You know, what what they get from it. That's the beautiful thing about art, right? You look at it, you're going through whatever you're going through. And you pull from it what you happen to need. So if it lifts you up, then I'm satisfied. That's awesome. That's a great goal. Now I have the very important questions I must ask. Because this is 20 questions. Okay. And on 20 questions, we ask very important things. Okay. So my first okay. question is, if you don't have time to cook dinner and you have to grab something on the way home, and this is for both of you guys, and you have to grab something on the way home, where do you stop first? Summer China Diner. Ooh, what is that? A Chinese restaurant, like five minutes from my house. Good choice. And? I don't actually leave my house, but <laughs> if I did and I was driving somewhere and I had to get, I yeah, uh, Torchy Tacos. Oh, good choice. Go to Torchy's. I love I loved tacos, so. That is the first place we met outside after we were fully vaccinated and felt a little safe. Yes. I'm ready to go back. Just let me know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to eat it after this week. Well, we're, we're in. Need some tacos. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, we have, the, this is, this is the important part. So um, all of you who don't know about 20 questions, if you don't, by the way, we're on every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central on twitch.tv slash Cursed Dragonship. So come on out and see us. And we ask very important questions. So my next one is coffee or tea? Tea. <laughs> that is the wrong answer <laughs> old ladies only one correct answer here and the correct answer was coffee okay <laughs> coffee not according to old lady stomach who is now in charge no more coffee for miss jordan Maybe that's just something on. just it's just it's you know that you just gotta you gotta deal with the pain of the coffee the coffee is worth is worth it so that, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, curled on my bathroom floor, not worth that cup of coffee. I just miss it. I look at it lovingly. You know, we've been divorced. We've moved on to tea in this house. <laughs> I, I do admit I, I enjoy a cup of tea, too. Mm -hmm. I do. I like an Earl Grey, like a little, you know, London fog, if we're going to be fancy about it. But, um, yeah, coffee, though, if I had to pick. Can, can I tell you, I happen to like Earl Grey myself, though I will choose coffee every time too. But uh, I love Earl Grey. And when I went to, there's a little British store in Old Town Spring. Oh my gosh, I got their Earl Grey. It mm -hmm. was like, 
actually, it was, I can't, I don't have words. I don't have words to describe it. I was like, oh, is that what it's supposed to taste like? <laughs> yes, Let's go. Yes, it was awesome. So now, of course, I have expensive tea taste. So yay, great job, stupid tea. <laughs> Awesome. Um, let's see what else we have. Oh, cat stories. There is a cat in Daughter of a King. Uh, his name is Minx, and he causes a bit of trouble. And we all have cats ourselves, so I was wondering if we could share a cat story. Well, you know my cat story. Go ahead. Yours is awesome because it just happened. Uh, yeah, it did. I came home ready to do this. The cat has eaten my headphones, so I had to haul butt to uh, Best Buy while on the pizza run for tonight to buy a new microphone because I had chewed up headphones. So that's glorious. <laughs> and yet we don't drown them in the bathtub. I just don't understand. And how about you? My cat is the spawn of the devil. So he is evil and I love him. And um, <laughs> he likes, he has a stuffed animal that he carries around in his mouth and he'll meow throughout the house. And if he can't find his stuffed animal, he'll just pick up random socks and then carry them around. <laughs> and so he leaves socks everywhere in the house and he likes to put them in his water bowl too, which is super fun. <laughs> nice. So that's good stuff. I'm going to say with your two teenage boys, they have a great excuse for why they don't have any socks. They absolutely do because they're in the cat's water bowl. Because <laughs> that's, that's where they are. He also likes to eat paper, so my cat has eaten homework before, and that is a legitimate thing that took place. Like, Here's the picture. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they say dogs eat homework. I mean, how often does that happen? The cats are much more destructive. So on this cat yeah. subject, Jay Kreiser mm -hmm. sent me a meme the other day, or a meme-ish thing, and it says, the reason cats are so pissy is they're God's perfect killing machines, but they only weigh eight pounds, and we keep picking them up and kissing them. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. We watch a lot of that, that the zoo shows, you know, like Day at the Zoo or Behind the Scenes at the Zoo and stuff, and whenever they do the tigers, I'm like, that is the exact personality of our cats. Yep. The only reason we can have them as pets is because they weigh eight pounds. <laughs> if they were 600 correct. pounds like the tiger, we could not have them in our house. <laughs> My cat is so fat, he is not eight pounds, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, there are exceptions. That's because he has to eat his water. He can't drink it. The socks soaked it no, all up. No, the socks are in the way. Absolutely. Well, he only actually likes to drink water, not from his water bowl, but from a cup that you leave in the bathtub for him. That's where he drinks the water. <laughs> yeah, our cat does not like to share the water that the dogs drink because, ew, dog germs. So if there's any water laying anywhere else, and that's what he'll drink out of. Anywhere. I probably should get smart like you and just set up water for him somewhere and pretend we left it there on accident. No, he'll wait. He jumps in the bathtub and he waits. And so he has to fill the cup and you have, to, you have to fill it up and you can't let it spill out because if it spills out, then he gets really anxious about that. He doesn't like that, but he'll sit there while you fill it up and then you have to put it in front of him and then he'll drink it. Mm -hmm. I told you he is the spawn of the devil. He's evil. Well, you did have three and now you've traded just for one. Not by choice. Did anyone think this was bad? This was sad. Not bad. 
Um, but I, it's, so maybe the one seems like he just needs to, you know, replace the other two's, you know, quirks by just being big time quirky. He might have murdered them too. That's <laughs> that is possible. He's like, this is my house now. <laughs> I mean, I could see it. It would, it, it'd be, I wouldn't put it past him. Seriously. So that's awesome. All right. So, Joanna, is there anything left that you would like to tell everyone about your awesome daughter of a king? Besides, we need to know um, series, book two. When is this happening? Well, I would assume that book two will come out about this same time next year. Yes. Her publisher shakes her head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's on recording. So, if, if I get any calls about how I can't quite make the deadline, sorry, it's recording. All of your readers are waiting now. I'll make the deadline. This is called peer pressure, just so y'all are wondering. It is, it is, it is. So anything else that I'd like to say, um, right now we're planned out at five novels, right? Mm -hmm. And that could always change as the narrative changes a little bit, but I'm pretty sure that's where we'll land. But it's a big cosmos. We could always do other stuff with it too. There's a short coming out in November, right, Kelly? Mm-hmm. And that's almost like a prequel. So you're going to want to watch for the short because the short has some prophecies in it, which is pretty nice. And uh, I was getting some suggestions at lunch today of some other things I should write to fill in some holes. So Nice. Nice. There are other things to do. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. And tomorrow is departure day. Oh, explain to the audience what that means. I forgot that was tomorrow. You told me and I forgot. Tell them yeah. what that means. So the fall equinox and the spring equinox is when mature soulings leave the realm to go to the mortal worlds. So tomorrow in the Terran cosmos, there's a bunch of mature soulings who are heading out to become mortal. That's so cool. Don't forget to tell everyone that you want them to also not just buy a copy of the book, but also to leave you a review on any site or every site possible. Just copy and paste that bad boy everywhere you can. Yes. And also request at libraries and tell your friends about it. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to say that too. Just a little plug. Thank you. That's it, Anne. We're having you on every one of these now. <laughs> That's right. Like Zapo says, reviews are the best present you can give your author. Mm -hmm. Yes. Always remember. So... Uh, we've been putting the link in for people to buy, but uh, for anyone who's just listening, uh, it's in the show notes. And you can also go to just search for Daughter of a King, J.M. Jordan, and it'll pop up. So you'll have it on there. It is on paperback right now and ebook. You can also get the paperback on Barnes & Noble if you don't like Amazon. I know there's people that don't. Um, it's also on Kindle Unlimited. So if you happen to have that, you can read it for free there. And um, the audio will be coming out in a couple months. So we'll make sure to let you know. The uh, narrator we love was very busy and couldn't start to October. And we're like, we don't care. We love you. Do it then. Thanks. So that will be coming out as well. Um, so uh, besides the book, where can they find you, Joanna? They can find me on Facebook, which is probably the big one, because not only do I have a page on there, but we've started a fandom group. Mm 
So right now it's titled Launch Party, but we're going to be changing that week to, you know, Tear on Cosmos uh, Fandom. I don't know. We'll come up with something swanky. But that's where there's going to be more information, heads up on the shorts that are coming out and just whatever, all things Tear on, which is awesome because we really want to grow that community. So please, if you're on here, go join that group. You know, I'm on there almost every day. Um, I'm also on Instagram. Um, I am on Twitter and LinkedIn too, and Pinterest, believe it or not. So, you know, I'm a little bit of everywhere. <laughs> Pick your flavor. And it's JM Jordan everywhere. It is. Yeah. Perfect. And, Anne, where can everyone find you and your work? Me? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm always there. Um, at Anne M Rose. That's where you find me most of the time. I'm on Facebook, which is AM Rose author. And then I also have a website, which is www.amroseauthor.com. Um, I have Pinterest too. I think I and I think on Pinterest and on Instagram, I'm both totally fantastic. And on Snapchat, I'm T T L Y underscore fantastic. Just so you know. So she's the only one cool enough for Snapchat in this group. Let me tell you. I'm not um, Snapchat. I just don't share it. <laughs> I'm not That's on the awesome. talk ticks. I'm not on the TikToks. You know, the clock app. I haven't yes. I haven't done it yet. I, I know. It. It's on my list. But yes. who wants to see this mug on TikTok all the time? I don't know. I'm not into it. I'm don't not do it. it. It's a time suck. It's a vortex. Uh, I just wait. My daughter flips through it and shows me all the cool parrot videos. They're my favorite. Yeah. Um, oh, Joanna, I don't think you said, will you say your website again? www.jmjordan.net. Perfect. And you're selling signed um, print copies there as well, right? If you want a signed copy, you can order from there. You know, we're in this lag waiting for our books to come in. But as soon as they come in, uh, when you order, I'll get your email address. I'll let you know as soon as it's shipped. So, yeah. Yeah, I ordered them three weeks ago. That should be long enough. Um, And then Duke wants to know, do we order online at BNN or can we get them in the store? You can order them from BNN. So they are online or if you go into the store, you can order it delivered to the store. They will probably not be on the shelf. So there's a bazillion books out there. It's probably not gonna be in the shelf, but you can order it from BNN. And then you get like your 10% discount if you have, if you're one of their members and stuff, so. Awesome. All right. Y'all will y'all were awesome. Congratulations on this beautiful book, baby. Daughter of a King. Cannot wait until it gets to all the readers' hands. And um, we'll see you next time.